Jim. The turn of the 20th century in 1905, Charles Albert Tindley, the great uh, African-American gospel hymn writer, penned these words, which I thought about singing this morning, but you have to kind of start with uh, when the saints go marching in. But Tindley wrote, when the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, Stand by me when the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea. Thou who rulest wind and water, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. When the hosts of hell assail and my strength begins to fail, thou who never lost a battle, stand by me. You lay the foundations of the universe, O God, building a shelter for our battered souls. You create wonders which are priceless, yet you always remember the needy. We open our hearts to you, God of graciousness. When evening comes and fears prowl the shadows of our days, you whisper, peace, be still to our hammering hearts, so we know that you are always with us. We open our hearts to you, dearest friend of life. Doubts and despair may swamp our lives, but you calm us with a word. Illness and death struggle to control our futures, but you comfort us with peace. We open our hearts to you, Spirit of hope and grace. Amen. Well, have you ever found yourself in difficulty? Caught between a rock and a hard place? Up the creek without a paddle? You have your own uh, trite phrase that goes with that. And you have some sense of what Jesus' disciples experienced on the lake that day. It all started innocently enough. They pushed off from the shore near their home base in Capernaum, headed for the Gerasene shore. At least some of them were experienced sailors. They were fishermen who'd fished that sea all their lives, right? They'd made their living fishing this shallow lake. They were also though familiar with the brief, fierce storms that could arise on the lake when the wind off the Mediterranean came roaring through Pigeon Pass and hit the lake hard. Jesus was asleep. I wonder if he wasn't exhausted from the effort. Uh, Ad-libbing here. Um, I I flew home uh, Thursday night. Uh, worked on Friday, three-hour rehearsal Friday night, five hours of rehearsal yesterday, uh, yesterday, and a concert last night. Um, and I got a, I got up, I did get here eventually this morning, but uh, you know, uh, I wonder if Jesus wasn't exhausted from the effort involved in preaching and teaching and healing and exercising and trying to teach something to these disciples of his. 
This is not the only time the Gospels tell us Jesus took to the sea, hoping for a little relief from the press of the crowd, from their constant demands and their insistent expectations. In fact, it seems he was deep asleep, sleeping so soundly that the storm didn't even wake him up. If we take the tale at face value, the disciples were terrified by this storm. The boat was taking on water and the prospect of drowning arose before them. Master, master, we're perishing, they cried. In Mark's older version from which Luke draws this story, the disciples, in fact, are a little snarky. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Desperate and more than a little whiny, they call on him to save them. You ever feel like that? Jesus, we're dying here. Don't you care? When you get between a rock and a hard place, when you find yourself up a creek without a paddle, when the storms of life are raging, when the world is tossing you like a ship upon the sea, do you ever cry out, stand by me? Jesus, Savior, Pilot me, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to your bosom fly. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Song and scripture alike lift up our cries for help. At the same time, we hear the words of assurance. God will take care of you. God who holds the future is the one who holds my hand. God walks the dark hills. The voice of love is heard in every storm, and in their hearts all cry glory. The beloved lives in our hearts. Love dwells in us always and forever. Now the disciples would have known this call and response, the cry to heaven for help and the assurance that God would be with them. It's, the Psalms are filled with that kind of call and response. It was so much a part of their ancient tradition, yet here they were in the boat with the Son of God, or if you will, God incarnate, and still they are frightened almost to death by the storm. Isn't that how it happens with us folk? You know, when the crisis comes, we revert to the most familiar patterns like terror, right? And worry, anxiety. Frightened by the storm. Jesus awakens, rubs his eyes, wonders why they've aroused him before he recognizes the storm and their fear. Luke says, he rebukes the wind and the raging waves. Mark says he speaks directly to the roiling sea, peace, be still. Whether it's Jesus' instruction or that the storm has simply run its course, the wind ceases and the sea is calm. 
Then Jesus turns to his fickle followers. Where is your faith? It seems a little harsh, doesn't it? I'm not sure I would want to hear that from the, mind, uh, from the mouth of Jesus. Where is your faith? Real storms are scary. Earthquakes rattle us. Wars and rumors of war are threatening. COVID has been terrifying. A terminal diagnosis is devastating. I remember one time years and years ago flying in a small commuter plane, prop plane from Oshkosh, Wisconsin to Chicago, coming back from American Baptist Assembly in Green Lake, flying from Oshkosh, Wisconsin to Chicago on the edge of a thunderstorm. Uh, the plane hit an air pocket and dropped like a rock. 50, 100 feet, I don't know. But it left my heart <laughs> and my throat, if not somewhere up there by the ceiling. Fear is real. A strong, a strong emotion, it's strong, it's emotion, it's irrational, and it's real. Like the disciples in the throes of fear, we quickly lose sight of our security in the embrace of the one who has the whole world in her hands. The Savior may be right there in the boat with us, and still we forget his power to calm the wind and the waves. The possibilities of peace be still don't even register through the static impinging all around us. Well, there you go. There's the rhythm of life. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? We hear, the, we hear Jesus ask this of his first disciples frequently enough that we come to ask ourselves, where is our faith? See, faith is a tricky business. Actually, there is faith in just climbing into the boat with Jesus, isn't there? Then there's faith when we turn to him for help, when we find no other. But is it ever enough faith? Could there be more? We're told that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Well, friends, what's in your wallet? It seems that this is what Jesus is looking for in his followers, more faith, a different quality of faith, faith that allows us to move through storms, that asks us to sustain love for ourselves and our neighbors and our enemies, even when the storm is raging, that encourages us to practice compassion for creation and to care for the least of these when it is most difficult. Christ comes proclaiming God's beloved community and inviting us to enter it fully. It's clear that Jesus will not always be physically present. He cannot always do it for us. He comes to show us the way, but we have to walk it ourselves. He teaches his first disciples. He shows them what is possible. He expects them and us to step up and be the body of Christ. Where is your faith? 
How often do we let our fears undermine our faith and interfere with our calling to be Christ's disciples? And speaking of practice, I wonder if faith itself is not a spiritual discipline that we could indeed strengthen through practice. Is it possible to grow in our faith, in in our trust that God will take care of us, in our belief that Christ will show the way, in our hope that the Spirit will give us the power to get through? Where's your faith? Well, maybe it's in process. I know mine is. In commenting on this biblical tale, David Luz wonders if the disciples aren't more afraid after the storm is stilled than they were before. If it is a miracle they have experienced, then it brings them deeply into the presence of the Holy One. This is an awesome and fearful place to be, isn't it? He writes, people fear miracles because they fear being changed, though ignoring them will change you also. He continues, make no mistake, Jesus is asking the disciples to change. In this very moment, he is drawing them from the familiar territory of Capernaum to the strange and foreign land of the Gerasenes across the sea. And he is moving them from being fishermen to being disciples. And he is preparing them to welcome a kingdom so very different from the one they either experienced or even wanted. Indeed, their fear of the unknown may be greater than their fear of the storm. Is this not often true for us as well? The fear of the unknown is more fearful than what we see in front of us. This is the challenge Jesus lays before his first disciples and us. Everything, friends, is changing. Everything is changing. The old is becoming new. Possibilities unimagined are opening before us. The future holds so much more than what we thought possible. And yet in this country today, we continue to look to the past and think that somehow it's going to save us. The answer is a resounding no. The future lies before us. Possibilities unimagined. Can we handle it? Where is our faith? Can we muster enough to live into all that is being offered to us? Can we dream a world in which fear is left behind and God's promises are fulfilled? Can we cultivate the faith of even half a mustard seed? Writers for the resource Seasons of the Spirit suggest that Jesus' question, where is your faith, is actually a demand. You must have faith. You must have faith. What must be done can be done. Take action. If we are all in the boat together, perishing as a community, we must act, mustn't we? There's a certain maturity of faith, then, that moves us toward action. These writers attempt to express this more mature faith in concrete ways for our times. We the people, 
Syrian, Iraqi, folks from Central America and Mexico, women, the orphan, the old, the war broken and ravaged, all on the move, seeking refuge at closed borders, vilified, turn to God. Our prayer is for strength, consolation, a safe haven. We, the subjugated of empire, shackled by debt, underemployed and heavily burdened, turn to God. We pray for strength and courage as we attempt to break from the oak-hardened stations to which we have been, to which we have been cast, now rooted in soil that does not sustain. God speaks to us, shaking us loose from our desert of despair, guiding us through the fearsome wilderness where we have been abandoned. Is this not faith? Is this not faith in and of itself a miraculous thing? That people seeking refuge turn to God and in their turning to God turn to us in hope and expectation of a better life. In the face of so much that is fearful to turn to God in hope and trust is a wonder in itself. Where then is our faith? Can it be expressed like those who struggle both through our own difficulties and in compassion for our neighbors far and near? In the midst of our privilege, can we see the faith of those who hold hope, moving forward even when the storm is fierce and they are most vulnerable? Can we take heart from faithful witness such as this. The Seasons of the Spirit writers, off, off, writers offer this affirmation of all, our, of all our faith can be if we can continue to cultivate it in community. See, we, we, God's people, can face the forces arrayed against us, withstand the full force of the oppressive mighty waters, this becomes so as we vibrate with God's force and energy, letting God's voice penetrate our entire being, allowing God to speak in and through us. Most importantly, letting God's voice take form in us as action in the world. We hear the shout. We are perishing. We do not stand idly by. We rebuke the storm and then give safe haven for those caught in its ravaging waves. Where is our faith? In the one who calls us to service at the same time whispering peace, be still. In the one who challenges us, challenges us to look after the least at the same time offering us amazing grace. In the one who asks us to care for creation while holding us in tender, life-giving embrace. Do we have faith enough to climb in the boat with Jesus and head for some distant, unknown shore, trusting that he will go with us all the way? Do we have faith enough to weather the storms of life, 
trusting that not even death can separate us from God's loving care. I feel the winds of God today. Today my sail I lift. Though heavy oft with drenching spray and torn with many a rift. If hope but light the water's crest and Christ my bark will use. I'll seek the seas at his behest and brave another cruise. It is the wind of God that dries my vain regretful tears. Until with braver thoughts shall rise the purer, brighter years. Great pilot of my onward way, thou wilt not let me drift. I feel the winds of God today. Today, my sail I lift. Amen.